The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Visibilities. I hope everyone has uh, found us here on Media 2 for tonight. We are on Media 2 this evening because we are ex um, extending the program tonight to uh, something more than an hour, but less than two. I wanted it to be as open a call as possible for as many members as are, will, are interested in ca calling in or listening because we have a very august group with us this evening. Um, those of us who have been at convention know an awful lot about the special motion that was one of the highlights of the electronic voting during convention. And it is all in regard to bringing our organization into compliance with the DC code uh, for nonprofits. And so this evening we have with us three members of the voting task force, Jeff Tom, Patrick Sheehan, and Connie Sims. While I'm at it, congratulations, Connie, on your election to the board of directors this year. Thank you, Terry. Uh, we will also have our president, Dan Spoon, and congratulations to him on his re-election. Thank you, Terry. There you are. I wasn't sure. I hadn't checked to see you were here. <laughs> <laughs> and we will have um, John Huffman, John McCann, and Ray Campbell as uh, the members as members of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. And while I'm right at this, uh, in thanking people, I also want to be sure to remember to thank Kristen for hosting with me this evening and Rick Morin, Boston Central, is streaming for us tonight. And I want to thank both of them as well. I'm going to start, I think, with the question to, particularly to the voting task force. And Dan, of course, you can jump in on any of this, any, any end of this conversation <laughs> um, with either group. I want to, want to ask the voting task force how they feel the voting went this year. This was such a new and unique opportunity within the organization. And where do you think, see that it may be going in the future? So between the three of you, you can. Any one of the three of you have an opinion? Well, I guess I'll go since someone else is. Yeah, well, why don't we go with Jeff and Connie and then I'll back clean up. Sounds All good. Right. So I think we have 
gone around the corner, turned the corner, gone through the tipping point. Um, we have reached a, a point in time where remote voting is going to be part of our convention um, from now until the end of the days of the ECB. Um, it, it, it's not that it's perfect. Um, you know, there were, you know, glitches in terms of, you know, how quickly the delegate vote went and some people, of course, losing their codes and having to get it. But, but you know, we had, you know, and some people would say, well, we could have had a lot more people vote. But we had 400 more people vote this year than vote in most years, well, over 400 actually, we had conventions. And that in itself is a reason to expect that we're not turning back, regardless of the fact that we have to comply with the DC code and have remote voting as part of our, um, you know, electoral system. Um, it's it's what the membership wants, and I think we need to embrace it to fix things that can we can do better and to slowly and incrementally, um, you know, change all of our elections processes in whatever ways we deem best over the next few years to ultimately end up with a permanent process for ACB's voting system. Connie, do you have anything you'd like to add? You know, I think Jeff really said it nicely. Um, I think it's great. I think we keep moving forward. Um, it was a learning tool this year, and I think we'll just keep moving. I mean, it's membership wants it, and I think it's great that the membership wants it. Um, we had so many more people vote, and I think the more we do it, I, th I honestly think we'll have more people voting all along, and um, being able to have it accessible for everyone was a huge thing, and so I, th I just think it's going to grow. I think it's a move forward. And, you know, maybe the pandemic, the, you know, forces the hand. We've talked about it, never worked. And now with the DC code, that helped us along. So I, I think that's just things are falling into place. Pat? Uh, thanks, Connie. Yeah, I guess we uh, didn't, crisis gives us, a, a, us an opportunity and we took advantage of that opportunity the crisis gave us. Uh, first thing I'd like to do is thank the 18 members uh, that comprise the voting task force. Uh, that was a great group of folks to work with. They understood that we wanted to accomplish something. I think we did a real good job getting that accomplished. Uh, I think there are a lot of lessons learned that we've picked up from the emails from the BOP discussion at the end of convention and all. So I think uh, certainly as Jeff and Connie have said, uh, we need to move forward with this. We need to move forward as we do best with baby steps, making sure that the process is correct and that we um, uh, are consulting with the groups that could be part of our next steps, let's say resolutions and constitution and bylaws same too. But I think also we need to put together a roadmap and communicate that to the uh, to the affiliates, letting them know that um, there's a 
in the short term, I think we need to get out there and talk about voting and how is it done? Uh, why do we do it the way we do it? Affiliate vote, once again, versus the individual vote and trying to understand what that is. So I think we've got some short-term goals we need to meet, some long-term goals we need to meet. And uh, I'm looking forward to voting task force 2.0 this year uh, and brainstorming, making sure that we're uh, meeting the needs of the organization, uh, being able to afford what we want to do, and then communicating that out to uh, to, the, to everybody and getting their feedback. One of the things that I was most impressed with, with engagement of all these folks, was the amount of uh, ideas that came out of the group as a whole. And certainly there were things that we hadn't considered on the voting task force that we can institute and do uh, you know, much better than we did this past year. But I think for year one, and particularly with 13 positions up, I think this group did a great job. Congratulations to the, to the group, to the technology, to everyone who was involved, but mostly the ACB for the fine work that uh, they did uh, putting up with a new system, understanding and helping us to implement it. And we'll do better as we go forward. Thanks, Terry. Terry, can I jump in? Uh, as, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. This is Ray Campbell, uh, newly elected, newly reelected second vice president of ACB, and I, I just want to say a couple of things. I, I think I read through emails and Facebook uh, posts and Messenger and all kinds of places, just how positive people felt and how empowered people felt that they could vote. And the, the second thing I'll say is that I was friends with founders of this organization, uh, very close friends. And I truly believe, and I said this uh, a number of occasions, this is what the founders would have wanted. They would want every member of ACB to have the opportunity to, to cast their vote and to make their voice heard. And that's what democracy is all about. Um, and I'm just really proud of all the membership of ACB who embraced the system, who worked with us, who came to all the events we had, their questions, their concerns, and uh, and the concerns that are still being uh, out there today. You know, we have to listen to that. Um, I want to also address the elephant in the room, and I and and this happened on Wednesday, and this was one of the big lessons we learned. Uh, ACB media went down for a while. And because of that, a lot of people, several, many people did not hear the uh, final sets of elections that went through. Um, and again, I would just ask people, be patient with us. This is something that we need to learn. We, we've learned, we understand it now. And um, I think as Pat said, we'll do better moving forward. So uh, just really proud of everybody that made this work. Well, I, I think that we're not only, I, I myself am not only proud of the people who made it work, but I'm very thankful to the people who, to the members who made sure that it worked by going out and voting. And that's something that, uh, that I think they deserve the congratulations and thanks for. Um, it's not a, it's, it's, it wasn't an easy thing for some of them to do, but they, 
were the ones who actually persevered and did what they felt was what was their first time in many cases um, opportunity to vote independently and privately. And I think that's that's I think that we all owe the members who voted a great deal of thanks for doing that. Terry, this is Dan. Yes, Dan. Um, and I, I completely agree. I, I think our members spoke up and they, I, I'd love to hear some more feedback today, but I really thought, at least my experience, and I hope ever, others were, that the vote now system really functioned well, whether you did it through the, the email process or, or via phone. Uh, it really uh, was pretty, you know, fairly simple to do. And I really give our, I want to give a shout out to our Minneapolis office who, I think worked very well to handle any kind of calls, concerns. Uh, we actually did have a little system glitch the first day where it wasn't handling spaces and the numbers of people were cut and pasting because the field was too short. Ray can, can identify with that as an IT guy. And, and very quickly, Vote Now responded, lengthened the field and kind of solved that problem. So Vote Now was very responsive, as was our Minneapolis office. And I want to also thank uh, Rick Morin from a technical side and kind of really having the affiliate Zoom rooms and some of that capability set up for us. We really got really good, you know, by doing a couple of mock affiliate roll call votes. By the time we got to the last one on the motion, I, I think we got through the roll call vote in like 20 minutes. And I don't know if we've ever done that, Ray, even in person, you know, and so... So it really, uh, it moved along uh, faster as we learned. We also did learn about ACB. I don't think so, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't think so what? That we've gotten through it that fast before? It was, it was pretty amazing how fast. It was. You know, we got through the roll call by the end. And, and so, and, and as Jeff said, we had more than twice as many individuals vote uh, as we've had in, in any recent uh, elections at our convention for the individual vote. So that was... Really exciting to see the participation. Uh, well, obviously, if, if, our, if our amendments pass, we'll work to continue to improve it. But I don't know about the rest of you, but it really made me feel proud that anybody who wanted to vote could. I, I really brought a smile to my face. You should be. I think we're all pretty proud of all of you for all the work that you've done on it. And, and for, for you, know, you being... Um, the head the, at the helm of bringing all of this forward. Oh, we had a great team. I, you, I, you I, have. I, I had did one. very, I, 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 I just kind of cheered everybody on. The, the, the voting task force and, and the staff did an amazing job. Yeah. They did. They did. Minneapolis did a fabu fabulous job. I had to call them once and um, only to figure out afterward that it was my mistake, not, the, not vote now's. Well, that's that's fine. We're all learning, right? <laughs> that so that's, that's that's part it. of the process. So, you know, we're, we I, I really appreciate everybody's patience because we'd never done it before, and we were we were learning under fire, and and I thought everybody hung in there and did really good. Yeah. One of the questions that I've seen on um, particularly on the leadership list this week, and and I being a being a numbers person. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious about, Jeff mentioned it, and you've just mentioned it now. If either one of you want to jump in on it. Um, this The number of people that we did have voting. Mm -hmm. Now, it's my understanding that we never broke a 1,000. 
Total no, votes. We, total votes. We got close. I think one of them was in the 980, 990 range. Something so we like that. Very yeah. close to 1,000. But, but that would have included about... The affiliate vote. Yeah. Yes, exactly, which is something, should be something little over, something over 300. Correct. Jerry, I don't, yeah. I don't ever recall us breaking 600 at a convention. Maybe we did, but yeah. I don't, I think it's usually in the 500s that we... For the total vote, yeah, yeah. For the total vote, four or five hundred. The delegate vote doesn't change. Well, no, I know. One of the things, one of the things that I thought was an interesting issue, um, it's just interesting, is we did the election early in the week this time. Mm -hmm. That's where we have always had. If you looked at the votes from years from in the past in a personal at at an in-person convention, Mm -hmm. for instance, the votes on. Resolution, something that came up earlier in the week. I mean, I, I've always felt that one of our biggest mistakes was having our election when our audience was the smallest because our convention is so long. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I'm wondering if by keeping it something like what we did this year, having it earlier in the week um, may increase it even that much more. And I think that, that was a, a very, very good um, plus of yeah. this election process was holding the elections earlier in the year. Right. I'm mean, earlier and, in the week. It only seemed yeah, like a year yeah. sometimes. And, and I think the other thing that we still have to educate a lot of our members on, I, I believe just hearing some of the numbers um, that I think a lot of our members voted with their affiliates, but, but didn't necessarily exercise their right, right to vote individually through vote now. Because some of the numbers I've seen, if you added them up, they would they would equal a lot more than the number of individual votes we have. So I think there's still a lot of opportunity for us to educate our membership that for each affiliate they get to participate in that affiliate delegate vote with their with the, by providing an email or a text or a phone call. But that's still they still are allowed to use vote now and, and, and vote as an individual. And I think that's, again, just more education, as Connie said, as we move along. I think that's one of the jobs of 2.0. Voting, I, think, vote yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you make a very good point. You know, I just wanted to chime in that I have been making notes and taking things down that people want to learn more about. So hopefully that's what we can start doing is getting some documents and sessions out there. You know, we'll, we'll remind everybody, please hold on to your, to your code because you'll need it to vote on the, uh, you know, on the amendments on, on the 15th of August. So please, please, please hold on to that code. Good point. And the other thing that came up, Terry, I heard it a couple of times and then through BOP, was that the election, the, the affiliate vote should be held after the, uh, the, the individual vote. Yes. So that the affiliate vote, uh, much like what they do on the West Coast, they don't announce uh, any of the polls closing in the regular election, so they don't spook the election at all. And I think that, you know, it's, it's suggestions like that that I, I think are great that Never really, uh, we didn't consider that. Never came up, and so those kinds of uh, changes uh, that we can make in the process, which is interesting, is interesting that people are bringing that up, Pat, because we've always traditionally done the affiliate vote uh, while the individual vote is being counted. 
you know? Did we? But we yeah. usually... Well, but but they're usually. turned in, but they're still being counted. So I guess you're right. And the, oh, the paper yes. ballots yeah. have been turned in. They're just being counted while we do the affiliate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I get it, yeah. So, uh, yeah. but the other... Dan, we never... Th I never thought of that. Never even considered it. So this yeah. is... Those well, the other thing that's been great. absolutely yeah. amazing to me is once again, as you look through the votes, how mm -hmm. similar the uh, the percentages are for the individual vote and the affiliate vote. Yes. They're almost identical. Yeah. yeah. And that's always been the case in ACB. Just I, I think yeah, you're right. You're right, Jeff. Yeah. The, the, the thing I'd like to done. know, and I don't know whether Nancy can acquire this type of information is... Um, were people voting up to the last minute? In, this is the individual vote now. Mm -hmm. Were they voting up to the yeah. last minute? Did it tail off after a little while? I think that would be good to know to sort of designing our future voting logistics. Obviously, we don't want to disenfranchise anybody, but we do right. want to get as much information as we can about voting patterns. And, of course, next year will be different because people are going to be on the convention floor and they're going to have to vote in, in mm -hmm. some manner or other. Yep. So, you know, there'll be all sorts of, you know, different variables for next year. But but the more information we can get, the better I think we can design, you know, voting 2.0. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We, we can ask Nancy of that if, if they have a, a timing. I, I know that obviously there was a huge rush at the beginning, she'd shared with me. But there's always that human nature that people wait to the last 15 minutes, you know. So. The other thing that I felt was interesting, and I've kind of heard it all over the, the gambit, is there were some affiliates that uh, on, on the affiliate vote that had, I don't know, 50, 60 percent return on their members getting in touch with their with their uh, with their uh, delegate, mm -hmm. cast their votes. And then I read and so I thought it would be an uptick for, for everybody, really. And then I read on leadership that there was uh, other um, affiliates that didn't really see much activity at all. And so it would be interesting to know why we, we had a plus over here, but got nothing over there. And what can we do to help uh, improve the percentage of people voting at the affiliate level? So answer. what I heard was that the affiliates that, and I may have only heard a little bit erroneously, but what I heard was that the affiliates that really had high percentages, and mine is one, were the special interest affiliates, right. more so than the state affiliates, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And maybe it's because getting you know a vote for special interest, that's about all they can ever do. You know, state affiliates have a lot more things they do, but this is a really important element for special interest affiliates. And I think I've heard Carla and others make this point and they may be, may really be on to something um, in terms of the importance of the delegate vote to members of special interest affiliates. Well, and part of it may even be how special interest affiliates um, communicate with their membership. You know, they're much more, um, I don't know this for a fact, but you know they they tend to be a mostly virtual environment, right? Because they only get an opportunity to get together once a year uh, in person. So, be interesting to understand, you know, to look in that a little bit further and see, um, you know, and and they have maybe one less layer that they're not going back down through their chapters and and that type of stuff. So, 
I don't know. It's kind of interesting, Jeff, but I, I believe I've heard the same thing. I've heard really good numbers on the special interest affiliate side and, and smaller numbers on the state affiliate side. And I think Dan, it's, go ahead, Terry. Uh, go ahead, Connie. Dan, one of the other things that we've heard and it's been asked, especially yesterday in hump day, is mm -hmm. um, members are wondering if the cost of for August is included in what we had for the convention. So is that uh, a no, separate we, cost? Uh, well, it, we had to negotiate an yeah, extension to the contract, but it's not significantly more. Yeah. To add yeah, to add, add one more election. Yeah. Right. And that's what I thought, but we didn't want to answer that until we were sure that's what right, it was. Because we didn't know whether, you know, we, we had to kind of negotiate that after we got permission to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that brings up a topic that I was going to bring up a little later, but I'd like mm -hmm. to right now, and that is the the cost, the over the estimated mm -hmm. cost, of course. Yeah, and I can of, give you an estimate, yeah, if you want me to. Well, what I'm thinking more of is, is what I'm thinking more along the lines of is I have a couple of questions. Number one, if we had a ballot, let's just say, all right, let's say we're two years from now and we're and we've got 39 resolutions which was mm -hmm. not unheard of we have, um, we have 35 this year <laughs> do we have that many yes <laughs> last i heard it was 17 and was praying it hadn't gone up <laughs> uh, we have 35 resolutions <clears throat> in two years can we is there a limit to the length of a ballot so that we could put I don't know, eight or 10 on one ballot um, so that we could reduce the number of votes, number of voting mm -hmm. sessions, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, so, that yes, we could do um, that so that we could do a yes, no, you know, or right. do, yeah. we, do we run into more money doing that? I, I would think that would cost us less. But uh, Yeah, it, it tends to be the cost is, um, is by the, the number of participants because the volume of the number of people voting means how many operators and all that kind of they need. And then the number of elections that you have, uh, you know, because, you know, communications have to be sent out to your whole voting population. So obviously in ACB's case, we had to send out to many more members voting than say GDUI. So there's right. a cost for that. There's a cost for the number of ballots and then the number of operators that you need to, uh, to man you know, the phones for people that need special assistance. So there's different components that, that make it up. Um, yeah, I, first of all, yes, you can have multiple um, votes on one ballot. In fact, GDUI runs their elections that way. They have, they have a ballot for all their positions and, and, it's, and I think it's one vote, you know, it's, it's one ballot. Uh, so that's, that's a, it's not it's not the way our constitution is set up now, and it's not I think anything that's being proposed by the constitution and bylaws right now, but that is something to consider downstream, uh, you know, as we as we evolve. Uh, secondly, the the cost is what made it doable for us were two things that that changed significantly inside of vote now. One, how quickly they could. Uh, turn over a ballot. So it used to take them, I think, Jeff, when you all studied this a few years ago, it, it took a day to set a ballot. 
And now they have got that uh, their system down to they can they can create a new ballot in 30 minutes. So that was significant. So if we would have had to, we could have done multiple elections on Friday and if we had to Saturday. Uh, so that was just a, a requirement given our environment that we have to be able to turn ballots around fairly quickly. Uh, and then secondly, yeah. I, I think this is again, probably partially due to the pandemic and so many more organizations voting remotely, uh, their cost has fallen significantly. So uh, again, Jeff and Pat, you all may have more data on this than I do, but I think when we looked into it last time, it was something like $35,000 an election or something like that. It was a pretty high price tag, whereas uh, you know we were able to negotiate for all of these elections we did across the whole convention. It's going to be you know, around $15,000 or maybe a little bit less. So, so the price has fallen fairly significantly. Yeah. And we're going to have another fundraiser going on for <laughs> yeah. we, we, we need we need a voting fund. No, no, but, but so, so that, you know, so that that's money that the board approved, uh, you know, for an expenditure, I believe was up to 25,000. So we didn't need to ex expend, you know, uh, but right. No, I'm just thinking that money. But yeah, year after year, year year after year, <laughs> it, it'll become a budgeted item, most definitely when the board approves the budget for next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, very when it good. comes to resolutions, there are so many models, and I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to say that I'm supportive of any particular model at this point in time. But as an example, many uh, organizations they debate them at their conferences, and then they vote them up or down afterward. And you could just have a, a series of you know the ballot could be done right after convention and sent out and vote over a week. I mean, there's you you can there's as many models as you have a mind to think them up. You know, there's there's all sorts of ways to, to handle this. And I don't know what the best way is, but you know, great minds will come together and figure it all out, I suspect, ultimately. And one of the things on that note is something we've been brainstorming about with respect to the voting task force is that uh, we're open to all ideas. And so we would love to be able to find out from resolutions uh, what they think and how they think they can integrate into a vote now uh, scenario and use that, that technology to, you know, so that we get uh, debates and we get the ability to do this uh, down, you know, downstream. The important thing is that the solutions will come from the entities that want to be included, I think, to a large extent. I think that's the right way to do it. So resolutions committee can speak to resolutions. Constitution and bylaws can speak to uh, constitution and bylaws. Of course, we're not touching the affiliate vote because Carla has scared me half to death. Anyway, that's a very complicated subject. So we're not touching yeah. it at all. And I don't think... But, well, that kind of is a great segue into... Um, I'm just, I'm a little confused. Is, uh, no, uh, in that um, I wanted to kind of segue over into the Constitution and Bylaws Committee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not 100% sure. Ray, you're here anyhow. Um, I'm not sure if John Huffman or John McCann are. If they are, they're by phone numbers, not by... Our, our two Johns, uh, our our chair and vice chair, if they're here or not, yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I know John McCann was planning to be. And um, I had heard that John Hoffman was coming, but Ray, why don't we start with you? And if one of either one of them or both are on, we can add them as well. Um, can you, I know you folks met last night. Can you give us a somewhat of a succinct um, in, uh, rundown of what you, we anticipate, what we should be anticipating for to be presented to us at the August fourteenth session. Um, okay, um, there you are. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, I, I mean, did, did the whole Constitution and Bylaws Committee abandon us at this point? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're no, they're not, feverishly re readjusting the amendments after last night's call. It's almost it's almost actually it's not. Um, so. <laughs> So let so to so here's there's really three areas that we need to amend, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to do the minimum that we have to do to get us into compliance. Let me say something though before I kind of launch into this summary, and that is this: we what people need to understand as they look at what we're doing is that we are working to fit ACB's business model into a law that frankly is designed for things like professional associations, the American Medical Association, the American Bar Association, where things are done differently, where you get, you get a ballot with certain proposals on it and you have to vote them up or down. Um, you, there are recommendations for directors that are made I think the second thing I'd, I'd say too is that, and we talked a little bit about this last night, um, the way that nonprofits are governed is changing. And it's so as we start to move forward as ACB, I think we're going to have to think about um, you know, some, some things that, uh, you know, changes that we might have to make, which frankly, it may not be real popular with a lot of folks. They're used to our democratic principles, which all of us are certainly committed to preserving as much as we can you know, in, in every way possible because it's a great model. And then the third point I'd make is that the, non the DC nonprofit code only says that it says that all members are you must be provided the opportunity to vote as long as they're a member by the record date uh, on officers and directors and board of publications. The code calls them directors, but you can think of it as officers, directors, and BOP, and our governing instruments, think our constitution and bylaws. Um, so we will need to actually take some extra steps to fit things like resolutions and that in. And as Pat mentioned earlier, we want to do that. And uh, but right now, the bare minimum is we need to get done what we need to do. So the uh, so the August thirteenth and four, or fourteenth and fifteenth, we can um, read you some amendments and vote them through, and and uh, <clears throat> then we can move forward. So there are three areas of the Constitution and bylaws that really need to be. Um, yeah, let me take the simplest one first. So we have a <clears throat> Article 9. We have a description of an, 
what we call our annual meeting, which is our conference and convention. So all we're gonna do there, and I don't have all the text in front of me, so I can't read it verbatim to you, but what we're going to do is add a sentence to that section, to that article, which basically says that our annual meeting, conference and convention, can be conducted wholly or in part virtually so that we, you know, people can attend via Zoom or whatever electronic platform we're using, or they can attend in person, or that the whole thing <clears throat> could be done virtually. So, you know, so if God forbid we have another pandemic, um, <clears throat> we'd be able to uh, conduct our convention and conduct our business. So that's the first one. The second thing that we're going to do is there is a, a bylaw two, in bylaw two, section D, there's a whole, that's where it really defines what a secret ballot is in ACB for individual votes. And we're basically gonna rewrite that. And this is one of the concerns that was brought up last night, but we, we think we need to do it this way. And that is that we're going to, that everybody is going to cast their individual vote, you know, when there's an election, for example, using an electronic system, even if you're at the convention, we just really can't have um, some doing paper ballots, some you know people online doing electronic votes and that. Number one, it would probably drive vote counters insane. But second of all, there's just all kinds of opportunities for uh, malfeasance, I'll call it. Not that I, not that you know, 99.9% .9 of our members would be honest, I believe, but um, we just want to make it as, you know, you know, the same, we want to make things the same as much as we possibly can across the board. So, okay, how are we going to do that? Well, that's something that we're going to have to talk about as part of our convention rules. And that is, you know, how do we make sure there's enough access and that for everybody to vote, um, even if they're at convention electronically, you know, that there's bandwidth, that there are stations around, that kind of thing. The third piece that we're going to be bringing forward is probably, frankly, going to be a little controversial, but actually the DC code seems to indicate that we almost have to bring this forward. And that is that we're going to say that Article 11, which talks about amending the Constitution and bylaws, we're going to bring forward a provision of that to that, which basically says that amendments that come forward, you have to vote them up or down. You can't amend them on the floor. Um, that could be a nightmare. Uh, trying to 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 handle those. The DC code seems to say that we can do that and that in fact, once notice is given of the meeting and amendments go out, that language is set, you can't change it. So you have to vote the proposal up or down. Um, that what we are, what we were telling people last night is that, and we you know, were asked to even look at codifying some of this in the Constitution and bylaws is to say that we will give ample opportunities for folks to hear what amendments are coming forward to provide input so that when they get to the floor, hopefully a lot of the wordsmithing will be out of the way and we'll be able to uh, move them forward. 
Can I ask a question to that? Sure. Now, ordinarily, we would read, especially with amendments and, 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 and with the resolutions, if we read, let's say we read the resolution on Monday, and we're going to vote on it on Tuesday, when you read the resolution on Monday, could you have the d discussion or debate at that time so that by the time it gets to Tuesday, it's a straight up or down? Well, sir, well resolutions, would, resolutions, we don't do that. Uh, no, I'm saying, but that, that, but that would be a way that, that we could get through it. You could do that. Now we'd have to change. Right now, as, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Constitution says that amendments are read one day and there's no discussion permitted at that time. And then they have to be voted on on a subsequent day. So we could read them Monday, vote on them Wednesday. And at that time, you can have discussion and uh, a vote. Right. And I'm um, saying if we reversed that, then you could, st uh, then it would still, nah. so you'd still be under the, because it would fall under 2010. I, I, think that, I think the challenge is voting on amendments to the amendments. You know, how do you handle the voting associated with proposed amendments? Yeah, and, 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 that, and what I need to say here too is that- The amendments are, to the amendments, yeah. I should say. We're, also, yeah. br we're yeah. also bringing a proposal forward that basically says, but along with elections, we have to do constitution and bylaws amendments by record vote. And the reason we're doing that is, how do you determine if you have a two thirds when you have some people in the hall and some people on Zoom or whatever? So we almost have to do that that way. And if you don't do a record vote, you're not getting ACB media folks that are listening. So we almost have to do that um, you're saying you're bringing forward to do a record vote on both resolutions and amendments? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. That's, don't I was like, don't even don't even talk Re resolutions. <laughs> resolutions don't even talk about them right now. Okay, resolutions no. are out of the yeah. picture. At no, this constitution point. by law, um, amendments. Yeah. Amendments no. absolutely should have a a record vote. Yep, yep, and that's what we're saying because that way we know if we've got the two thirds or not. Mm -hmm. um, normally in the past, if you've been to conventions, people know that we vote on amendments by voice vote. And if uh, there's a, a concern that it didn't pass or whatever, or we're not sure we got the two, there's whatever, we take, we do a roll call uh, vote. So we're gonna, that's uh, part of the proposal we're gonna bring forward so that, so, so what Dan's saying is, okay, if you have an amendment to an amendment, do you have to vote on that by record vote? And that's where it could be a nightmare. So um, I think what we're going to try and do is bring forward something that, um, the idea of reversing that is interesting, Terry. And I think um, definitely something we can take back to the committee and see what they, how they feel about that, how the committee feels about that. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we're certainly going to try. And one of the things we want to also do is get our constitution and bylaws committee active earlier so that they can be working on things and having community events and talking with members about things that are being worked on, getting their input, that kind of thing. So that, uh, you know, once it hits the floor, it's pretty much, hey, read it, read, discuss and vote and uh, all of that. The last thing that's gonna happen is this is where the big heavy lift is and that's article three, section C. That's where, everything pretty much about how voting is done in ACB is 
is contained in the Constitution. And so what we're going to be doing with that one is, and I don't haven't looked at the uh, initial the, the draft yet, but we're actually going to be rewriting that one so that it clarifies that how votes are going to be taken and what a voice vote is, because in a virtual world, a voice vote's different than uh, just the folks in the hall. It's we got to account for the folks that are participating online. Um, and, and what I mean when I say participating, uh, not to leave you folks out, but it means folks that are, say, on Zoom. Uh, I'm not talking about ACB media, although you, if you're members, you are entitled to vote. And, you know, obviously we're, we're going to make sure that that happens. So there's a lot of heavy lifting there that needs to be done. So it's really about four, about four amendments that are gonna come forward uh, to, to do all this stuff. Um, and uh, we drafted, we looked at three of them last night. Um, where we've got the Article 3C to do. That's the big one. Um, the schedule kind of of events here is that we had our meeting last night. We're talking tonight. Next next Thursday, August 5th, there will be a community events. Don't have the time on that uh, in front of me, but I think it's probably 7.30 or 8 Eastern. And again, we'll go through the amendments again. We'll give you an opportunity, give members an opportunity to have input. Uh, we'll take that back, uh, revise, come back August 10th for a second community event. Again, same thing, review, gather input. And then it's hoped that by the 12th, we can publish what uh, the what's going to come to the floor so that when it hits the floor on the 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, everybody will have had a chance to you know, have an opportunity to look at it and uh, we'll be able to move it forward. So, ah, you answered my question. That's where we're headed. And uh, Terry, just Connie, you might want to jump in because we've yeah. got a couple other dates that we're going to be getting put on also. Connie, do you want to go over those? Yeah, I do. Um, so we are also going to get together on next Tuesday, the 3rd. The, we'll be on with Paul Edwards on Tuesday Topics. And then the fourth, we're meeting with the presidents again. And then Sunday, August 8th, um, we'll be on with Anthony for Sunday edition. So those are the other ones that everyone will be able to talk to. And today. that will be the voting task force and constitution or just yes. voting task force? Yeah, both. Yeah. All right, great. Good to know that. Now, speaking of questions, we've had a couple of people who have have, must have very broken arms by now, or at least so once. <laughs> They're tired. <laughs> <laughs> they must be by now. So I'm going to ask, um, and there aren't many, but there are a few. Um, Donna Pomerantz, if you would, uh, un if you would unmute and ask your question. Hi there. Hey, Donna. Hey. Um, I wanted to share that I'm really happy that. Um, you know, the computer voting went really well. And, you know, we always remember the members who are on the phone. So once the computer voting, you know, went well, then both myself and Mitch jumped to telephone voting. And I'm a little concerned because 
in all the calls that I've been listening to, no one ever mentioned that there were little glitches with the phone voters. Um, so hopefully that will be reported. Um, we, for several of the elections, tried, and there were a number of things that happened, and it said we imported, input wrong codes, and we kept trying and trying and trying, and and then we thought, well, we'll try to get to an operator, but we couldn't get to the vote now operator until we inputted our code, which it kept saying that we were doing wrong. We tried different handsets and, you know, we did all the eliminating of the different, uh, you know, things that it could be. And um, so, you know, I want to say that after, um, uh, after, a lot of help from the office. Um, you know, we weren't able to do our votes independently and privately um, because we needed the ACB office to do them for us. Um, they did do uh, some fixing and, you know, they said, well, try this, try that. And, you know, we did and it still didn't work. So um, the last day of elections, um, well, we called the op, we were able to do our codes to get to, you know, we were able to get to the vote now operator because we knew the office would do it really well. And, and they did, you know, they knew our votes and put them in for us. Um, the vote now folks, the last day we were able, next to last election, we were able to get to the vote now folks. And what happened there, we were excited because we didn't have to put in our code to get to an operator. So whatever the office did, you know, was great because it eliminated that barrier. So mm -hmm. that was awesome. But when we got to the vote now operator, it gave a whole other organization's ballot. It didn't even give ACBs. And so, um, you know, then it, you know, the operator was great. We said, no, it's ACB, blah, blah, blah. And you know, she did it. So, you know, we were not able to cast our vote again, independently and privately. Um, but she did cast our votes for us, the vote now person. She's very kind. The very last election, we were able to um, both individually cast our ballots without any problem whatsoever. And my understanding was previously there were problems with the phone votes um, as well. So I don't know, you know, obviously there's some fixes that were able to be done. And, you know, I just wanted to share that uh, I wasn't hearing anything about glitches with the phone votes. So that's why I'm sharing this now today in case. That's why we need, we, we need to, to be told. Yeah. In case if it never got to you. And right. like I said, the last election, um, both of us were able to, because, you know, we remember our, our, our phone folks. And even though both myself and Mitch could vote very easily on the computer, our hearts are still with our phone folks because we have lots of them out there. So thank you for listening. That, that's Donna, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great, great point. And, yeah. and I just want to say from the constitution and bylaw side of things, Donna, that we absolutely, in fact, it's coded in the rewrite of bylaw 2D that we did. We will not, we will use a voting system that any member can independently and privately mm -hmm. cast, mark, and verify their ballot, regardless of what 
access they they need, even you know, assistive technology. So, um, you know, we're not going to forget. I mean, somebody even brought up last night uh, the point that you know there are folks out there who don't have cell phones. You know, how are we going to handle that? And um, you know, that's something we need to think about. And I would say that it, the, these are these are important things to know. And I think that one of the things that's going to be interesting that I'm going to be interested in is to hear back from vote now and get a report of, if we can, of how many people how many cast people their votes by phone versus the computer or the online. And even further, how many did it using an operator versus did it using the automated system? I think that'll be interesting to, to find out because it'll give us an idea of how many people might need that service. And so, right. absolutely. And, I, yeah, and as I shared, I was sharing the experience because no one in any of the calls mentioned that there were any glitches that, you know, would be worked on for the phone folks. So I wanted to just make sure that it was known that, you know, while in the end for us, it did for the last day, <laughs> we were able to do it completely. So obviously, Things can be fixed, but I was concerned that no one was mentioning that. Um, so thank you. Donna, that's great input, uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, anecdotally, I had heard that the phone was working well, but you know what we really need to hear are the stories where people have had issues. Dan, I don't know if we'll be able to get anything from Nancy. Uh, yeah, and we, we, we will definitely do a debrief there. The, the main that thing I had heard great. from yeah. Nancy on the phone voting that there were times when the, the that when all the operators were full and people weren't mm -hmm. getting through. So I knew about that issue. Uh, I, I had this is I hadn't heard from on this one from Donna that people were entering their code and and couldn't get to an operator because their code wasn't good. So I wonder if well, the code was if good. The well, code was good. There was something in the system because I wonder if that's a capacity issue, Dan. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think that's thought. what. Yeah, because you you put Maybe. your code in, but it wouldn't. It, it for first it asked you for your code, which that could right. be that that was a little problematic because if people need operator assistant, one of the reasons may be because they're struggling to get their code in, right? Mm -hmm. So you want. I, you want to be able to get to the operator without having to enter your code. Yeah. You, you ought to be able but to tell was, them your code verbally. But it and was then, also saying we were inputting the incorrect codes as well. And uh, so yeah, we okay. changed handsets. And yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if that message is yeah. glitching. And, and that's kind of where, yeah, I know Leslie and I, after the first, we did all of our votes kind of like Donna and Mitch, we were trying, we, we did ours on the phone after the first day and it just went, it went flawlessly. So I guess it just depends. So that is sporadic. It's not like everybody got the problem. So I wonder, I wonder yeah. if it part of, and one of the things that could be happening, and I've seen this with some of the old conference call systems where you, you 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 type in the code, but it doesn't pick up all the digits. The the system doesn't, and then it thinks you've entered an incorrect code. Um, there could be all kinds of reasons why yeah. it happened. The yeah. bottom line is we need to figure out. We need what, to figure out what caused it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know exactly. you can. Exactly. I know yeah. you can, and and I appreciate yeah. it. And thank mm -hmm. you again Beautiful. because you may not hear from a lot of the phone people. And again, the positive part of it is the very last election that was done 
uh, we were both able to vote independently and everything went through. So obviously things can be fixed. There are just reasons for them. And I wanted to report it because obviously you didn't hear about that component with the incorrect codes. So and, and, thank and Donna. Thank you, Donna. The other thing, uh, just so you know, uh, Mitch, as an original member of the voting task force back in the historic days, anything that went wrong, we were attributing it to Mitch. <laughs> well, that's yeah. why we both voted so that you guys couldn't blame him because I did it too. But then maybe I'm right there with him. <laughs> the other important part of that data is that next year, because maybe because more people will vote and maybe because more people whether a convention may have to use the telephone, there may be more people, not less, calling yes. in on yes. conceiving. Mm -hmm. yep. And it may be a capacity issue, like one of you said, it would be great for the debrief, you know, with the folks. And, you know, it'd be great if, if you know, you could talk to phone people because, you know, they might have gotten frustrated and just said, forget it. I mean, we never yeah, know. We just never know. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. Sheila Young has her hand up almost almost as long as Donna did. <laughs> <laughs> I really am tired, Terry. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Okay. Um Three things I would like to, um, I have one question and then there's two things I'd like to just throw out at you and see what you say. Um, when you first said the votes were open, if people went to their computer, mm -hmm. it instantly said, we're sorry, it's too busy right now. You'll have to call back later. You know, mm -hmm. you, you got to check in later. Mm -hmm. So it was overloaded very quickly at mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. um, it, two, I agree with what was said at the president's meeting the other day regarding the affiliate vote being taken after the individual vote is closed. So I think that's an awesome thing that you guys have taken that into consideration. My third point is can, because I know a lot of people have a problem that are using the phone, putting in 12 numbers. Can we negotiate with vote now to where it only needs to be an eight number code? Because that's challenging for some seniors and people that aren't computer users mm -hmm. to remember those 12 digits. So I think that's something that we might want to take a look at. I don't know if you can or can't. Mm -hmm. And my question is, can affiliates be put into the contract to use the vote now system or do we have to do it on our own well i would say who's going to take it on <laughs> well i would say to start with uh, on your last question I, I don't know that we're ready to expand to the affiliates yet not that that's ruled out for the future but you know once we kind of uh you know get it ironed out a little bit more and you know i don't see why they're you know the nice thing about this, if you made it a more umbrella contract, then you might get the cost reduced even more if affiliates were willing to participate in it. You know, again, fifteen thousand dollars is is a good chunk of money for ACB, but it would be a real big chunk of money for affiliates. You know, so, right, right. so I don't. Um, but yeah, I think um, as we continue to work through this contract and relationship with Vote Now. I think at the appropriate time we can see if affiliates, you know, want to 
want to participate, you know. Well, I believe Florida <laughs> is going to want to because it's already been asked of me for our elections in June. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it is offered that we can contribute something and mm-hmm. keep down the cost for the affiliate, then I know Florida would certainly take it into consideration. You know, once they change the constitution and bylaws, yes, because right now, I know, <laughs> right, well, right, I know. <laughs> right now the individuals don't get to vote in Florida. <laughs> See, I, I, I would assume at this point in time, Sheila, if you go to vote now, you certainly can on your own. But of yeah. course, the the fewer members you have, the per capita cost is right. much higher. Right. So yeah. you, you're going to have to deal with that as that's the problem yeah. i know i know so that's a, why i was uh, asking the question and, and, and the length of <laughs> yeah, the code yeah. we can we can ask about that because i do agree that it, it was hard for people to get a 12 digit code and i don't know if that's all they have in their system uh, we did have a situation and we didn't realize this till we got started some people got 12 digit codes and some people got 11 digit codes mm-hmm. and so we, we know they allow 11-digit codes because that's what some people had. <laughs> so we'll have to see if, you know, uh, um, as obviously as, as small as our voting population is, eight digits would easily handle our, our organization. So we can ask. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, I, I just, think- you know, I, w- I would love to see it happen because I know we're doing our elections in June. And I know our members that aren't going to be able to attend would now that they've gotten spoiled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good debrief kind of question, Dan, because we've heard that question from other affiliates too. Yeah, as we've rolled this out, so that would be good to know. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Okay, um, let me take one or two more calls, and then somewhere I had Zelda next, and I seem to have lost her. Zelda, if you're still on, you can unmute. Okay. Well, thank you. There you are. Hi, Terry and all. I just first want to say what a, an amazing experience it was to be able to to vote electronically. And I think that was great. I too was really concerned about the whole process, how it went. Because, you know, whenever you enact anything new, uh, there's bound to be little, little things that need um, clearing up. And was, you know, I, I voted um, from my computer had an absolutely no problems doing that. But I was concerned, as as Donna had mentioned, about the phone voters, um, you know, and, and um, I had thought perhaps by now we would have a report of how many voted this way or that way or how many um, encountered problems, um, you know, so that we could evaluate that and address those issues. But... Um, those things I think we've already discussed this evening, um, and and that obviously that report has not been um, you know has not been shared with with ACV from Vote Now. Um, the other thing that I wanted to address is there was a very short time um, between um, the nominations and the actual voting. Um, so short that I know some affiliates did their caucus the night before, and that was prior to hearing the candidates' speeches. I kind of have an issue with that. Um, you know, that might have been the practical way to do it. Um, but, you know, having your, um, requiring your members to make that decision before they have all of the information 
um, might not be the best way to do it. So I'm wondering if that could be a rearranged so that um, those speeches could be given after the nominations um, on the day that the nominations are made rather than waiting until the next day. Um, just, just throwing that out there for contemplation. I see what you're saying. It's an interesting idea, actually. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we, as is what was already proposed, we do the affiliate roll call vote later. Yeah. Right, but I, th- I think, Zelda, I think you're talking about the, the nominating and the seconding speeches, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. But she was saying there was not much time between when the speeches were over and the affiliate roll call vote started. But one right. of the other requests we had was that the affiliate roll call vote not take place until the individual vote had closed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she was also talking... But I think she was also talking be, between the time that we opened elections and uh, I'm saying it backward, between the time of the s- speeches, the, fr- the nominating and the seconding speeches and then opening the election. Mm-hmm. And, Isn't that what and you, I, well, I thought that was what she was saying. No, I think it was is, related to the affiliate roll call vote because they didn't have a chance to. to yeah, I think they're two, but I think they're two separate issues. I, I do think okay. so. I, like I said, for practical reasons, I think some of the affiliates um, did hold their caucus the night before. And I, I do believe that didn't give their members all of the information that could have been provided if they would have waited until after the speeches. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a large affiliate and and that was the only practical way you could get their input, um, I can see why they did it the, the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if we could um, have have nominations from the floor, um, do the speeches, and then hold the elections the next day. That would allow them, to, you know, the affiliates, an opportunity to have their caucuses right. um, that evening after they had all of the information. Yeah, and this was brought up at the president's meeting a couple of months ago, and and it was one of the things that we kind of had to make a decision on. And, and the reason we made the decision to do the speeches um, the day of the vote is to be consistent throughout the elections because we we had 13 candidate elections. And what we didn't want to do is have one process in place for the first couple. And then when we got to potentially Friday and Saturday where we had to do election after election after election, there was no ability to, you know, give people a day to caucus their membership. So we felt like it was important to be consistent with the process that we would do the speeches and then a half hour later start the roll call because that was kind of way it was going to have to be for Friday and Saturday's elections. Now, as it turned out, we only ended up with three contested elections. So Friday, all we had to vote on was the special motion. But going in, we didn't, you know, there was thoughts that there would be eight or 10 potentially elections. You know, there could be a lot more elections. So we wanted a consistent process. But so I think that's what we have to think about. We, we have the ability to do right now, you know, an election a day at the beginning of the week during general sessions. But if we have, we, we want to be consistent with the process throughout the week. So yeah. that, that again was... The, or could the, we uh, perhaps do two elections a day and, and have those nominations and those speeches and, and, and then we would be assured that, that all could be, 
accomplish throughout the week. It's so many things to think about, you so know, many, very, just, yeah. just throwing it out there just, just for yeah, contemplation. The, the other feedback that we've gotten, of course, we had to extend um, general session for a half hour to allow for the elections. And the elections took about an hour and a half out of our general session programming each day. Mm -hmm. which meant instead of having three hours of programming other than elections, we only had two. Uh, so then the other side of the coin that I've heard from a lot of people who aren't quite as excited about elections as, as some of our membership are, is that they felt like the programming was impacted this year because we had elections. Mm -hmm. So it's a real... <laughs> It's hard to balance. It's yeah, hard to balance, yeah, yes. It, it, it truly is hard to balance. Yeah, yeah. And, and keep in mind, too, we're going to be on a normal set of elections next year. And we're not going to have 13. We have eight. We could we're potentially have eight, have eight potentially, mm -hmm. but so we won't have quite as many. So I definitely, as I'm listening to you, your talks, all that, I'm definitely thinking that there are ways that we can uh, look to, uh, you know, refine this a little bit. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like the, I like the idea of doing the nominations and then the speeches right away. And then allowing, you know, everybody to have all the information that they need and then, you know, doing, doing caucuses or talking with affiliates yeah. or whatever. I, I do like that idea. Yeah. The <laughs> other, the other thing that had us worried now, and again, you could, you could have people be prepared, but in the zoom environment, we had to get those folks invitations. And so if somebody gets nominated from the floor, now you're working on the fly to get, Yes. Uh, to get the speakers identified. And, and that we do this in person. They identify their speakers right away if they get nominated from floor. But then you've got to get them panelists invites and get them promoted and get, mm -hmm. you, you know, and so so that's that was kind of one of the other reasons technically of, you know, so we, we can continue to talk yeah. through this. But, but I do think the honoring the idea of allowing more time for the affiliates to caucus is a really good you know, we've heard that suggestion from multiple affiliates. Okay. And then just, just one other short little thing. Um, I know it is it is super convenient to listen to this stream, you know, whether you're, you know, on do it from your computer or, or however you do it, um, mm -hmm. you know. But I think we should remind our members once again that if you truly want to participate that isn't a way that you can participate. You can observe, but you can't truly participate um, in, in the business meeting if you are just listening to a stream. And, and somehow I think some people, you know, um, when, when the stream was interrupted, um, felt like that their, their rights had somehow been, been you know, um, interrupted and, you know, if you truly are wanting to be a participant, you should, you know, join via the the link. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I wonder if we need to to remind everyone of that. You know, and I I've I attended the convention both ways. Um, you know, sometimes it was just way more convenient not to have the headset on and be glued to my computer. But mm -hmm. you know, so I understand that completely. But that's I, it. I don't. I, I don't think I agree with. I agree with you. You can't participate at the same level, but I don't think it's fair to sort of tell our members that, you know, well, you ought to listen to the stream. I mean, people want to know what's going on. And, and according, you know, from, from the way we advertise it, you're going to know what's going on if you listen to Alexa or however you do it. Mm -hmm. And so we can't really 
you know, say, well, yeah, you can listen, but you may not get it all. I mean, I, I don't know. No, they, really, they absolutely that's should a bad be able message. To, to get it all, you know, they should be able to observe it all. Um, absolutely, but but and and to participate to uh, some degree, but not to fully participate. And you know, um, you can't debate or make nominations if you're not yeah, in, right. in if you're not yeah. in the Zoom environment. So I that's a, a, this, or no, you can you can vote without being in the Zoom environment. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. yes, but you yeah. can't vote by just listening on media. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing we did learn, because you know, honestly, you know, during the, the when the nominating happened, there we, you know, as uh, the person that was kind of you know not facilitating the nominations, I had no idea that the Zoom had gone down. And so, again, lessons learned. By the time we got to our next vote. Uh, we had Eric Bridges in the room uh, on the panelist side, and his only responsibility for that particular moment in time, obviously he's our executive director, but his, his, his responsibility during the special motion election was to make sure that the stream was up and with the with the I, you know the purpose of it if for any reason the stream went down, we you know we halted the we, we would have halted the, the discussions and the debate until the stream had come back up. Um, but that, again, was a lesson we learned that, um, you know, for whatever reason, we had a little more trouble with our streams dropping, uh, you know, with the expanded 10, uh, 10 channels and all that. We, we had a little more issues with our, with our ACB media dropping uh, in this convention than we did a, a year yeah. ago. So lessons think, learned yeah. there as we expanded too. I think I th and I think I think and one of the things we talked about last night is that we will probably need to put in a standing rule that says that you know if the stream mm -hmm. if, if the stream drops because of something on our end is yeah. you know we're going to we can't control if your internet goes out okay but right. we can control if something happens on if our we're end broadcasting, yes, we can say, "Hey, uh, we need to. We, we got something wrong here. We need to pause." And, yeah. and 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 a big shout out, thank you to to all of our streamers. Oh my gosh, what a Herculean task they took on, and and you know they really did an, an excellent yeah. job. But there there are always those unforeseen things that happen. <laughs> Gremlins, yep. Yeah, um, but when we're, when we're taking votes, we need to make sure the stream is up, and so yeah. we're, we're we will ensure that not only by our rules but in a practice as we Con move forward. Congratulations and, and, to you, Zelda, on being reelected. By the way, yes, congratulations. Thank you, guys. All right, that's it. Thanks. Oh, bye, Zelda. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> we have several hands up. Uh, it's about seven or eight people. We still have hands up. Um, I'm thinking that maybe we could take one or two more. And then I have noticed that John McCann has come on. I, if John Huffman has come on, if you would um, unmute and let me know, that would be great. Uh, I, there's several phone numbers that are just, that I don't even know your area codes. So I wouldn't know if it was you if, we, if you dialed in. Um, but let's take one or two more calls and then... Um, Kind of refocus, you know, we, we all have so much to say about the election, but let's kind of refocus on what people can expect on the 14th. And so I will ask John to join us after the next couple of calls.
if that works out with everyone, if that's okay with everyone. Sure. All right, then Sharon Strakowski. Good evening. Hi. Um, I just want to, uh, this is Sharon Strakowski, agree with Zelda um, about that short time lapse. I had actually a little bit of anger um, from a couple of voters, and I understand this because they wanted to hear the speeches. So we've gone over that enough, and I just wanted to say that. Um, as far as the phone vote, I had done the iPhone once, and then I did the phone the rest of the week, and I was fortunate not to have the issues that Donna did. But interestingly, the first day, I did not get an email confirmation, and in fact, didn't think I would from the phone, from the landline. And then the rest of the uh, elections, I did get email confirmations. So I thought that was interesting. And that's all I wanted to bring up. Thank you. You know, what's interesting about that is between Frank and I, he got, I never got an, a confirmation. We did ours on yep. the iPad. I okay. never got a confirmation on mine. And twice he got confirmations, but it was, they were just, you know, they weren't consistent. At, I mean, uh, consecutive at all. Right. I just right. kind of gave up on the confirmation idea. Right, right. I And I totally agree. If we could get a, a shorter code, that would be good. I had written mine down on the Braille display, um, and I could have memorized it. But that's a lot of numbers for a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Area code uh, 508, ending in um, 112. Hi, it's Stacy. Um, hi, Stacy. I, I was going to talk. Hi, I was going to talk about the phone too because the second day of uh, telling you can call to vote for five minutes, it said the voting was closed, and then it opened. But also, I got dead air a lot of times each day. I want to go vote when it says call and vote. But I do appreciate the people who uh, stream because not everybody registered for the convention. So when the when the stream went down, it was great that someone said what happened because some people may think it's the Lady A devices. But also when you uh, press two for the operator, I didn't do that, but there was a, a friend of mine has a friend who had mental difficulties. And when she called the operator, she was kind of short with, a, with a lead. the operator was short with this person. And, um, and I didn't know why you had to put your code in when you press two to talk to the operator. If you can talk to someone directly, if they have mental difficulties, it'll be easier for them too, I think. I don't know if it's okay that I say that. Yeah, I, I, Stacey, I really like the idea that to get to the operator, you shouldn't have to enter your code. You should just be able to push a button and go to the operator, and then they should work with you about what your code is. So we'll, we'll definitely take that back. And you're right, the second, uh, the second election on Tuesday even though we announced that the vote was open about, I think, 1045, vote now didn't exactly, they, they didn't open until 11. So I, I know we had that for 15 yeah. minutes uh, before the vote, the vote officially opened. So we got a, a flood of people, you know, immediately trying to vote in the, in the voting system was down. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, I remember. I think it was maybe it, yeah, it was Tuesday. That happened to me, and then I waited yeah. a few minutes and clicked back it, in, and it worked. But. And again, that was a community. You know, I think Nancy had asked it to be open by, I believe, uh, ten ten thirty or ten forty. So I, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, we did. It it was late opening on Tuesday. All right, uh, John McCann, if you would like to let me. If you want to unmute and join the conversation. 
Okay, I should be there. Actually, there you are. That that was beautifully timed. I just checked out of an amateur radio net, like like literally in a matter of seconds. I was nip and tuck which one was going to get my attention first. Well, you would have gotten a priority, but I don't like to just walk away from an, a ham net either. Um, well, I was reading the mail, so I know um, that I will you know, speak as vice chair of the uh, Constitution and Bylaws Committee. We had a meeting yesterday, as, as Ray John, mentioned. Yeah. Okay, that's, I didn't know whether you had heard what Ray has already said. Um, but if you want to just go ahead with the whole thing, that's fine. I just didn't want you to have, feel that you needed to go too far into it. No, if okay, you, great. If you were already familiar, if, because people are familiar with Ray, did quite an explanation. I'm sure. I'm, okay, if he did, then we're probably good. I think there's there's four pieces. Okay, there's Article Nine on meetings, Article Eleven on amendments, there's Bylaw Two D, which prescribes a manner of voting, and there's Article Three C, which is the one that that really needs to be redrafted a bit because it's a rather long and cumbersome article and. We've done nine, eleven, and bylaw two. Three still needs a little work, um, and and I just want to emphasize, by way of managing expectations, I think that the motion was to bring ACB's meeting and voting practices into alignment. Note the word alignment with the provisions. Note the word provisions of the DC Nonprofit Corporations Act. So we're we're proceeding incrementally here, and I can't stress. Uh, enough how imperative it is that we do not try to eat the elephant all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. This is going to take a couple of years. Mm -hmm. It really is, I think. But we're beginning the process and laying the groundwork and assuring that we are assuring in the Constitution that the rights accorded to members of a member a member governed corporation under the DC statute will be uh, honored in our constitution. And those rights extend to voting for elected offices, uh, directorships, whichever, and on changes to our constitution. Anything beyond that, for our purposes, is not statutorily protected, but that's not to say we shouldn't do it. That's just a different discussion. Which will be a discussion not taken up on August 14th and 15th, I presume. Question not, mark? Not if I can help it. And not, I think, the, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's nothing in the amendments that we're passing that, that speaks to resolutions. I hope that will evolve over time and not be addressed until Omaha. And that people won't stymie it based on, uh, you know, well, our resolutions included. And if they're not, then how can I support this? I mean, I mean, if people feel that way, fine. But I think it's imperative that we bring our meeting and voting practices into alignment with the DC code, first and foremost, and at least get uh, elections and constitutional slash bylaw amendments into the process. Uh, expanding the right beyond that involves formidable logistical and financial considerations. I mean, do folks want to pay for 35 votes? If so, are you prepared to see your dues uh, doubled? Or do you want to have uh, even more uh, lengthy uh, presentations uh, by sponsors at the, at, you know, as part of the general sessions? Those are very real questions. They are. 
All right. Well, um, why don't you stay on with us if you'd yeah, like? Yeah, stay on. And um, we'll put another couple of questions in area code 317, ending in 317. I think this is brilliant. And John and everybody who was on the committee last night, it was a great explanation. For people who just might be, oh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, busy, stressed out, or whatever, is it possible we could have somebody on the convention floor who could assist people yeah. voting in the back of the room? And per uh, Sheila Young's brilliant comment on the, the code, you know, all 12 digits, if you're working a telephone, that same problem will occur with Zoom codes. the way. I really appreciate this discussion in last night's meeting. Thank you. Thanks very much for your input. Kathy Casey. You should be able to unmute. Okay. I'm here. You uh, are. Good evening. Oh, uh, good <laughs> evening, everyone. Um, very interesting conversation. Um, I was trying to stay on the meeting call last night, but I got called away to a local affiliate <clears throat> conference call, so I didn't get a chance to uh, to do that. Anyway, my suggestion, now, shoot me if you want. Oh, you we don't want to do the, that. The cost of the vote now was $15,000. Is that correct? Approximately. You're in the ballpark at that point. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now, if you could take that figure, now again, approximate, and divide it amongst not the registered vote, not the registered attendees, but the members, and add that cost to the registration fee to the convention that might cut down on, I know it's fixed in the budget, but that might help put the money back into the budget or back into the uh, the coffers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, just, I think... Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't... Um, one of the things we're working really hard to do and, 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 and what the appropriate fee is for the convention is, you know, something that we work with the convention committee on and, and as well as our board and members. Uh, the... Uh, we're we're trying to to make it very clear that that registering for the convention is not tied to voting, uh, and so even though that's an opportunity to perhaps increase our our revenue, um, you know, it, all all members are entitled to vote whether they whether they register for the convention or not, uh, and that's real clear in in the DC code, uh, and so. Um, I don't know if I will, it'll be up to the members to decide, but that seems, I don't know if we want to tie voting directly to raising registration fees, uh, right. but but I like the idea of, we need to come up with some ways to, through through grants or, or other fundraising mechanisms to, to cover the cost, but in, in an 
in an almost, you know, you know, $1.8 million budget, the 15,000 is, you know, it's less than 1% of our expenses. And I think worthwhile for us to have a democratic representation of our members. Yeah. Dan, I think you make a, a, a very, very legitimate point. And I, for my part, do not want to see even a minimal linkage between funding source and the right to vote. If it's a right to vote, yep. then it's a yep. right. End of discussion. Right. So to right. see it underwritten by any particular sponsor right. means, well, you get the right if the sponsor is you know, on board yep. and you don't if he or she or it, corporate corporation isn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and we need to break that linkage. I think we need to build into the budget that this is a fundamental right. This is, a, this is the cost of doing business. Exactly. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, no, I, I understand. It was just a thought I had on my part to try to cut down, but I, I can see everyone's uh, point on that. And that could be, you know, if people make donations, say, I want this to go towards uh, vote now or whatever, uh, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> such I, I people. Yeah, I think that what you're bringing up is a good is a good point. We always come up with great ideas that good idea, good idea fairy lands on the shoulders, and we have things mm -hmm. that we all want to do, and they're all going to cost money. So, able to have that discussion and say, okay, we want this, and how can we pay for this? Mm -hmm. Important too, because things going to cost, and we we have afforded yeah. uh, going down down the you know down the line. It, I think, ask Kathy, where what where where my mind did go as you were explaining, you know, based on the number of individual votes we have of people that used vote now, it it did cost us about twenty five dollars per voting member to have the elections. So. Hmm. You know our annual fee, our annual membership fee is five dollars. So, yeah. yeah, yeah so just right. just just to kind of keep that in perspective, yeah, but right. it's, it gotcha. is an investment worthwhile for ACB to make to, gotcha. to ensure the democratic process. Here's an here's a question I'm curious about, um, especially now that you mentioned the five dollars. Yes. If I remember correctly, it's been I'm going to say roughly. 17 years since we increased the dues. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, our cost of doing business has significantly increased in that much time. Maybe we should be looking before too long at the idea of increasing our dues. I know that's a very unpopular <laughs> subject. I remember <laughs> I remember the five-year argument of it let, back let, in the let, early 2000s. Terry, that's please don't associate that with the upcoming special motion, please. No, no, not at do, all. No, not, not at all. <laughs> I, I remember uh, that is a broader discussion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one that's permeated is it's, it's oh my god permeated A C B politics for quite some time and, and yeah, yeah. oh back we, into the nineties. At some point, we have to to stand up to some sort of culture of entitlement here, you know, uh, five bucks, you know, for dues, and maybe the person is getting a, a braille forum, which is costing us thirty dollars to give to said person. And what you just said, the vote is twenty five. I'm not sure you came up with that. So when you know, when just when taking you think, fifteen thousand and dividing it by the six hundred people that voted. <laughs> so, oh, I see. Yeah, so the other, that, yeah, yeah. The other right. side. The yeah. other side of that coin is that when you want to join special interest affiliates, it really is a disincentive 
if you have to keep paying now that would even let's say it was ten dollars even then ten dollars in addition to whatever the special interest affiliate needs and that's an argument that special interest affiliate folks are making is it's a problem for them mm. especially for people who want to join more than one or two mm. you know and the heartbreaker is you, you have no accounting system that that could deal with like well this is my main affiliate so all of their you know all these special I want to join from Arizona you know and and ACB will get my five dollars from Arizona but you know bits lawyers uh, friends in art you know uh, ACB radio amateurs they don't get to collect it well how could you keep track of that that's the problem we have enough issues with I don't think we, I, I'm not sure that I see a need for, yeah. doing, for keeping for keeping yeah. track yeah. of that yeah. so much yeah. um well, anyway, like, I would I encourage know. us all, to all, not, all not saying, turn this into a discussion no, on news. Uh, no, I just, on wanted dues. To, I just wanted to make sure I had everybody awake. <laughs> you, you, you got oh, us, yeah, Terry. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Terry, you now oh, have 42 oh, raised hands. Yeah, there's lots of hands that have now gone up. Right now. If Good we were day. looking for uh, audience participation, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Terry Pacheco, and her contact information <laughs> is. I got a cell number on the phone here. Let's see. <laughs> uh, Let's see. We already talked with Kathy Casey. Um, where was I down to? Melanie Brunson. Uh, she remembers hey, back to the Melanie. days of the of the, of the talk of the <laughs> yeah. doing it. Oh. Hey guys, is there still a code in DC? <laughs> <laughs> we wish there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I, I did want to make a quick comment, and I do have a real question. Um, mm. I just I couldn't resist that one because Terry, you actually scrambled my brain when you talked about that discussion in two thousand three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't do that to me right before you and me. She thinks my, she's still my boss. She <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, I stay away from the word boss nowadays. <laughs> my question is, um, with regard to the, the notices for the, um, the bylaw amendments, um, how many different ways are you going to disseminate those when you when you reveal the the contents ahead of the August fourteenth meeting? Well, I think we'll uh, we're asking our communications uh, team to get involved in that, but I think we we would use both our electronic means as well as I think you know always trying to keep in mind our you know, folks that participate by phone that I, I, the goal is to have them ready to go by the 12th. And so my thought is at that point in time, we could ask Sharon to make sure they're available on Washington Connections so people could call in and read them from that way. You know, we'll try to exercise all the, you know, all the different pathways we have to get the word out. Club so are they going to use like constant comment to do an email blast? Constant well? contact. We'll definitely be doing an email blast okay, out to good. everybody, you know, good. the the 5,000 plus members that we have their emails for. But we've got, you know, we've got another portion of our membership that, that you know, don't use, um, we don't have valid email addresses for. And I think we'll have to get to them through mm -hmm. through making it available on the Washington Connection where they can call in and get the information. As well as I think we could, 
I don't know how quickly we can turn it around. We'll have to ask the ACB media team. I don't know what we could get up on, you know, um, on the website website, or we could perhaps, you know, have them read on one of our ACB media channels. I, I don't know. We'll have to think about how we get the word out there. That sounds good. Okay. You know, but very good I, question, Melanie. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was, I was curious because I, I worry about, you know, lots of folks not having the information. And since there is relatively short notice, although I know you said you're going to have community calls next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to make a comment about uh, about resolutions because I think that there is a big difference between resolutions and constitution and bylaws amendments. Um, I don't recall the specific provisions of the DC code. I'm amazed that I don't as many times as I read through it. But I lots do. Of I do. Since then. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Um, but I do know that Robert's Rules of Order. Um, treats constitution amendments and bylaw amendments differently than resolutions because the the right of every member to vote doesn't extend to resolutions. It, it recognizes the fact that resolutions are very commonly done just in convention. The, um, in Robert's rules, the right to vote does extend to constitutional amendments, though for every member so I think there is there is a big difference um, because you can do two-thirds of the convention vote or a majority of the entire membership on um, on even constitution and bylaws amendments mm -hmm. but um, but it's an interesting difference and I think that um, it would be I'm I'm personally I'm glad to see you're doing tackling the constitution and bylaws amendments first mm -hmm. and then figuring out what to do about resolutions. Hey Melanie, while while you're on um you know you, I know you participated in the resolutions community uh, event call there last night or or Wednesday night and I have been uh and I know Jeff's part of the resolutions uh, committee as well. I I've, I've really been um, excited about the process that I've seen with the, the good dialogue and conversation around the resolutions. And it feels like we're going to get to a lot better product um, through that iterative process that I see going on. So I know you were a maker of a resolution and got to be involved in it uh, Wednesday night. What, what are your thoughts I think you may be right. I think it's um, it's good that because there's a lot more discussion happening at the top of the the process as opposed to um, once it gets to the floor um, mm -hmm. of a, of a convention. And I think involving the broader group um, since since the board is a small group, I think mm -hmm. it's good to have the process a lot more discussion beforehand. So that's yeah, why, I, I think you could yeah. be right. Melanie, I think that's that's also why when in the resolutions task force that we emphasize um, 
getting people to turn them in ahead of farther ahead of time because just because of that because i think um i mean i mean you you've been around you you you've heard some of the resolutions that read on the floor and <laughs> i i can't see but i can hear the eyes rolling it's like oh, oh yeah. my goodness oh, you, you expect me to vote on this i don't even ha understand half of it you know and there was one last night i didn't time it but i swear it took 15 minutes to read and by the time i was done Got, we got to the end of it. I had no idea what the first part of it was. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> yeah, and uh, but no, I think uh, I I just think that it's great that with all the tools that we have, that we can involve our members so much more yeah. in 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 these things and in a way that is just going to be good for ACB. I think. I agree. I was gonna say someone is chewing ice or potato chips or something in the background. I apologize. But I know, and it's not coming through. On it's it's barely it's not loud enough for it to come through. So I can. Oh, well, I heard it too. Rid, oh, we're all hearing it, but not loud well, enough will, for it I to will, come through. I will mute myself again then, and mm -hmm. I think. Sorry. <laughs> Area code two one two. You hey. are unmuted. If you want to ask your question. Yep. Um, Maria H. calling, um, and I just wanted to run out. First of all, I want to thank Melanie for pointing out uh, how Robert's Rules uh, deals with resolutions. I thought that was fascinating. Um, the person who talked about uh, confirmation, oh, I think that was, was that you too, Terry? Maybe not. Some people get them and some didn't. Uh, I, I seem to remember that at least on the... Um, online ballot, um, you had to click the thing where you requested a confirmation. It wasn't automatic. I don't know how that nope, was handled. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, you just submit the ballot and it said an email confirmation was sent to you. Yeah, Ray's right. Mm -hmm. it, you didn't it, have to. Oh, okay. I, I thought I remembered that you were requesting confirmation. I, I think, so no, I wait a minute. The, I think the first day you might have had to. I think there was a change after like the first day. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember doing that, you know, so maybe not every time, but I do remember. This, this is Connie. Um, there was, I just want to say that there was when we did the mock election or we did the, the first one, there was some reading that was misunderstood. So Nancy okay. went back yeah. to vote now and yeah, that's right. asked them to remove that. So then after that, it was automatically just sent to everyone. Yep. Okay. Um, and then a couple of things about ballots. One, the information, how many people vote telephonically versus uh, online. Vote Now can give you that instantaneously, basically, if you request it. Um, last night, Ray um, mentioned that he thought if there uh, was an election where you were voting for both directors, and maybe uh, amendments that that would have to be two separate ballots. It doesn't. We um, do it all the time on the same ballot. There are different requirements for passage or or elections. Uh, um, for uh, you know, we need two thirds for <coughs> bylaw amendments and a plurality for um, ah. directors. That can be on the same ballot. And ah. when we um, totally re revised 
our bylaws to bring them into compliance. We um, sent out a lot of information ahead of time, article by article, section by section, that wasn't on the ballot. Then on the ballot, by the time that came around, we just had article one, the name of the article, article two, the name of the article, and you could vote up and down. But that required, and I think, and that's the way we handle bylaws now. We give a lot of that information ahead of time so people can know how to, they want to vote. Um, so, so, I mean, that was amazing to do the entire um, bylaws, just yes, no, or abstain on each article. A couple other quick things, cost. Um, you know, you have to compare that cost with the cost borne by members going to convention, airfare, hotel, and everything else in order to vote in the past. So 15,000 is a bargain. Um, you know, I'm being a little facetious here. And one quick thing too, the final quick thing, I really hope this pass passes and, you know, uh, at, at least to allow for this in the future and things can be perfected. And I talk about flexibility and foresight and we hope, everyone hopes you can meet in Omaha next year. But the way this pandemic is spreading like wildfire again, uh, you have to be prepared to have the same problems that we've had this year and last year. And um, you don't want to have uh, be stuck, uh, you know, a following year having elections that should have occurred over a couple of years. It, it just is prudent and it makes sense to have the, that flexibility. Well, thank you for your call. Our very last. Oh, one call. other quick thing. One other real quick thing. John McCann, could you send me um, what you're proposing? I remember I mentioned last night. Thanks. And if not, thank John, you. if he's still, if he's not on the call, maybe Ray could. Thanks. Thanks, Maria. And one very quick call. I we uh, I, I didn't think we were going to fill two hours, but we're getting dangerously close. <laughs> so our very last call uh, question is from Merrill Schechter, one of our last year's Chase Fellows. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hello, okay. Merrill. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate everyone and Dan Ray. Connie, I'm so proud of you, and Zelda for being reelected also. Um, my question is for John McCann. Um, last night, when you guys were reading the articles and everything, there was one term where it said organizations, plural. And I was wondering about that because we, ACB is one organization, but we have special interest affiliates and state affiliates, but you know, I heard the term organizations, plural, and I wish I remembered where it was, and I was just wondering about that. I'll do a search through uh, the doc. I, if we use organizations as a plural, I'm sure we were talking about um, the special interest affiliates. Why okay. we didn't say why we didn't say affiliates, I don't know, but I'll take a careful look at that. Mm -hmm. I will say this: that if the word organizations plural was used, and I think I know what you're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. That was something we lifted wholesale from what already exists. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I want to thank you all. I want to give you all just a couple of minutes for anyone that wants to um, do any reminders um, or talk about anything, um, people to expect next on the 14th. And I want to thank you all. I don't want to, um, I do want to assure you that I wasn't trying to scare everyone to death with the idea of the election. I mean, the, the dues. Um, just wanted to see who was on their toes. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, and, but I do think that, you know, I think that this is a, this was a good place for people to get an idea uh, to, to be able to air their feelings and their ideas and uh, their recommendations. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, this organization is is so full of incredibly talented people and people who have so much experience that I think it's very important for them to work with and not necessarily under the staff um, because so many of our people are so incredibly talented who are members of this organization and everyone can learn from everyone else. And I think that's a very, very important um, precept of this organization. I think it has been since, since its inception 60 years ago. And um, so I'm just going to give each of you like 30 seconds because you know, actually, what, what, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to yield my 30 seconds because I think it'd be good if Connie went over the dates of other events that are coming up so that people could, uh, if they want to get more information or get to, to their friends or whatever, you know, maybe just let people know what other events are coming up. Okay, Connie. Thanks, Ray. Um, Terry. So um, starting on Tuesday, August 3rd, we will be with um, Paul Edwards on Tuesday topics. And then on the fourth, it will be the hump day with the presidents. And then on the fifth, the bylaws and constitution meet again, um, go over things. On the eighth, Sunday the eighth, we will be with Anthony on Sunday edition. And on the 10th, the constitution and bylaw committee will meet again. to go over things and the 12th if necessary for them. So those are the dates. You are going to be one busy group of people. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> now, would anyone else like to share anything on this evening? I give my kudos to Dan for uh, putting this group together. And running the show. Uh, Dan, you deserve a lot of credit for Bring this far forward. This is great. Thanks. Terry, I want to I thank you for making your show available to us and uh, just another opportunity to gather that very important input that we need. And so I uh, thank you for <laughs> giving us uh, uh, almost two hours to, to chat with the folks. So thanks for that. It's my pleasure. And I'm just glad that it's all worked out as well as it has. And it's really a team effort, and I just really appreciate the spirit of our membership. And, and I think, you know, when we did the special motion, it passed with 99.2%. I don't know that ACB 
you know, ever passes a a record vote with 99.2%. So I think our membership really does want to see us move. 100% affiliate vote. 100% affiliate <laughs> Who's ever seen all of our affiliates in agreement before? <laughs> so this is how important it is to our membership. So I Absolutely. think we just got to make sure we keep doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end this show. I hope you all stay on. Dan, you might like to stay on for this. Either that or you'll hang up and shoot and just knock me off the air after this. I don't think so, though. No. Um, <clears throat> I came across something recently, and I was talking with Rick and Ray before we started tonight, and I said, if we have enough time, I'm going to play this at the end. Oh, no. And this came out this was was given to ACB in 1998, and everybody can sing along if they like. But here, uh, Dan, have you ever heard the ACB song? Oh, I have. I have. Well, we have it now, digitized. Wasn't it? Uh, was it Brenda Dillon and uh, and her first husband? Yes. Who who wrote it? Yeah. Yes, they did that. The, it was the Tennessee yeah. Council put yeah. a whole Trevino tribute together. Yeah. They got involved. They built. They. Um, it was a relative of hers that did the Afghan. Mm. That we went went from when went from oh, the quilt. Yes. 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 And all of that. And so I came across the cassette recently and I digitized it. Oh, so wonderful. I thought we could end the show tonight with a quick playing of a, the ACB song. There you go. So give me just a moment. Thank you all again. And let's hope this works. We're a group that has a vision. With pride and dignity, looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. ACB. We come in different packages and personalities. With many skills and talents, but few opportunities. Just take an honest look at jobs that blind folks really do. Teachers, lawyers, writers, business owners, just to name a few. We're a group that has a vision with pride and dignity. Looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. ACB. We believe that there is more to life than working nine to five. You've got to laugh and have some fun to really feel alive. And when it comes to love and friendship, we can give so very much. We may be out of sight, but we're by no means out of touch. Hey, we're a group that has a vision with pride and dignity. Looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. You've got to open up a box to be sure of what's inside. 
So don't label us as helpless before giving us a try. We're not asking for a handout, we don't want your sympathy. All we want is just a chance to prove our capabilities. We're a group that has a vision with pride and dignity. Looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. ACB. We're a group that has a vision with pride and dignity. Looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. Hey, we're a group that has a vision with pride and dignity. Looking toward a brighter future where there's true equality. Optimistic and determined to direct our destiny. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. Come and join us, change the world with ACB. Wonderful. All right, give me one second. I'm trying to shut my... Digital. I can't get this thing out. Hold on. There we go. I couldn't stop my media player. <laughs> there we go. Oh, thank you, Terry. Thanks, just, Terry. Have a great night. It's been fun. Thank you all ever so much. Um, all right. And let's just keep moving forward. And I think, I think that this is a great thing for ACB to finally get an independent private vote. Um, it's something that I've fought for since it, for at least 19 years now. And I'm just so glad to see it coming to fruition. Yep. Yeah. Great. Good Thanks, night, Jerry. one and all. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Good night. Thanks, Thanks Jerry. Good night.